VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk for News Roundup Friday. And it has been a very, very busy week for news. We're going to be delving right into it, but our thanks to Sandy for getting so many stories uh, prepared for us here today. We've got Karen on the phones and uh, Dennis in the control room. We're grateful for our team here at VCY America and uh, seek to keep you informed on many, many issues. Uh, Lord willing, we'll have time later in the program for you to uh, weigh in and share uh, your thoughts on these stories here today or other current event issues. We're going to begin with the Washington Post today, covering the uh, Supreme Court case yesterday as they uh, are seeming poised to allow former President Trump to remain on the Colorado ballot expressing deep concerns about permitting a single state to disqualify the leading Republican candidate from seeking national offices. I mean, justice is warned of troubling political ramifications if they do not reverse this ruling from the Colorado top court and order Trump off the ballot. Uh, there were uh, some couple hours of argument. The justices asked questions, suggested that the often uh, divided bench could reach a unanimous or near unanimous decision to reject the challenge to Trump's eligibility. Liberal Justice Elena Kagan repeatedly questioned whether one state should be allowed to decide whether a presidential candidate is disqualified. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett uh, agreed, saying it just doesn't seem like a state call. Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts predicted that a number of other states would quickly try to disqualify the leading Democratic candidate if the justices allowed the Colorado decision to stand. I mean, so so much at stake. And uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh worried about disenfranchising voters if the court removed Trump from the ballot. So what about the idea that we should think about democracy, think about the right of the people to elect candidates of their choice, of letting the people decide? We're going to just uh, play a brief audio clip from the Supreme Court yesterday. This is uh, Justice Gorsuch as he is grilling James Murphy, uh, Murray, that is, who was uh, trying to keep Donald Trump off the Colorado ballot. From holding office, you say he he speaks about disqualification from holding office. You say he is disqualified from holding office from the moment it happens. Correct, but nevertheless... So, so it, it, it operates, you say that it, there's no, no legislation necessary. I thought that was the whole theory of your case. And no procedure necessary. It happens automatically. Well, certainly you need a procedure in order to have any remedy to enforce the disqualification, which is I under, That's a whole separate question. That's the de facto doctrine. Doesn't work here. Okay, put that aside. He's disqualified from the moment, self-executing, done. And I would think that a person who would receive a direction from that person, the president, former president, in your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so, because I think, again, the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is the No, de facto, that, that doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and, and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside, okay? I think Justice Lee is asking a very different question, a more pointed one, and more difficult one for you, I understand, but I think it deserves an answer. On your theory... Would anything compel a a lower official to obey an order from, in your view, the former president? I'm imagining a situation where, for example, a former president was, you know, a a president was elected and they were 25 and they were ineligible to hold office, but nevertheless they were put into that office. No, no, we're talking about Section 3. Please don't change the hypothetical, okay? Please don't change the hypothetical. I know I like doing it too, but please don't do it. Okay. Well, the, the point I'm trying to make is he's that disqualified from the moment he committed an insurrection. Whoever it is, whichever party, it, that that happens. Boom, it happened. What would compel? And I'm not going to say it again. So just try and answer the question. If you don't have an answer, fair enough. We'll move on. What would compel a lower official to obey an order from that individual? Because ultimately we have pers- we have statutes and rules. And it goes on from there. But very interesting question. Even left-leaning 
Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson pushed back against Murray, uh, asking if Section 3 of the 14th Amendment applies to presidents. Then why didn't Congress put the word president in that enumerated list in Section 3? Said they were listing people who were barred and president is not there. And so I guess that makes me worry that maybe they weren't focusing on the president, she said. Well, Derek Muller, a uh, University of Notre Dame law professor who has been closely watching this case, uh, just indicates that the court does not want to be in the business of cleaning up ballot access disputes for presidential uh, candidates in perpetuity. And that's, friends, that's where this would lead. That's where this would lead in this regard. Every case going before the United States Supreme Court, who can and who cannot be in a ballot state by state. The Center Square is reporting a visibly upset President Joe Biden addressed the nation late Thursday to respond to news that the special counsel tasked with investigating his handling of classified documents had chosen not to charge him, but also detail numerous examples of his memory loss. The special counsel report, while clearing Biden, sparked questions about Biden's mental fitness when it called him an elderly man with a poor memory. Biden said, my memory is fine. He got rather hostile with reporters. The uh, special counsel's report detailed numerous examples of Biden's trouble remembering key events. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse, according to the report. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. If it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began in 2009, am I still vice president? Biden served as vice president under then-President Barack Obama from 2009 to 2017. He did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died, the report continued, and his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Just going to play a a few clips from last evening in which uh, Mr. Biden took to the podium reading from his teleprompter uh, in uh, taking questions about his memory. Totally how bad is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's uh, that's that's my memory has gotten worse. No, look, my memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. You know, other questions were taken, but he was pressed on that issue again. Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Many American people have been watching, and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is your judgment. That is your judgment. That is not the judgment of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that question? Because I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. Wow, that provoked a whole lot more questions. And he left the, the podium and heading back, uh, and then uh, questions uh, continued to come out, and he turned around and walked back to the podium to make a comment about Israel. Now, he had just talked about how good his memory was, and he was not having any problems with his memory. But friends, this is five minutes later. Matter of fact, it's less than five minutes later that he confused Mexico with Egypt. I'm of the view, as you know, that the conduct of the response in in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I've been pushing really hard, really hard, Okay, so I'm going to stop the clip there, but you can see how he referred to El Sisi as being with Mexico uh, and not Egypt. Um, So that happened less than five minutes that he was touting his memory. Also, uh, this from Todd Starnes, President Biden got completely lost during a press conference and a reporter had to remind him they were talking about Hamas, the terrorist who attacked Israel. Biden said there is some movement and I, I don't want to I don't want to let me be choose my words. There's some movement 
There's been some response from the uh, uh, there's been a response from the opposition, but uh, and a reporter said Hamas. Yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. Washington examiners reporting congressional Republicans were quick to condemn the Justice Department for not prosecuting Joe Biden for his mishandling of classified documents, despite charging former President Donald Trump in the case against him. In a joint statement, House Speaker Mike Johnson and the majority whip Tom Emmer and the Republican Conference Chairwoman Elise Stefanik admonish special, uh, special counsel Robert Hur's decision to not prosecute Biden, saying it exposes a two-tiered system of justice that is indicating one president with politically motivated charges while carrying water for another amid similar allegations. The special counsel's finding that President Biden willfully detained and disclosed classified materials and engaged in practices that present serious risk to national security is deeply disturbing, the trio said in their statement. Looking at the National Review, Nikki Haley defeated in the Nevada GOP primary primary Tuesday night, uh, despite the fact that Donald Trump's name was not on the ballot. Uh, Matter of fact, the, the, the person who won was labeled none of these candidates. As of Wednesday morning, 99% of the vote counted. The none of these candidates option had racked up 63.3% of the vote, which more than doubled Haley's 30.6%. Justin News tells us former President Trump cruised to an easy victory in the Nevada GOP caucus on Thursday evening. Uh, and uh, landing up with uh, 74% of the vote. From Newsmax, the Federal Appeals Court Tuesday ruled that Donald Trump does not have immunity from charges that he plotted to overturn his 2020 election defeat, bringing the former president a step closer to an unprecedented criminal trial. A three-judge panel in the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit rejected Trump's claim that he cannot be prosecuted, because the allegations relate to his official responsibilities as president. The court concluded that any executive immunity that may have shielded Trump from criminal charges while he served as president no longer protects him against this prosecution. Stephen uh, Cheung, his campaign spokesman, said the ruling threatens the bedrock of the republic. He said if immunity is not granted to be a president... Every future president who leaves office will be immediately indicted by the opposing party. Without complete immunity, a president of the United States would not be able to properly function. He said Trump would be appealing. The National Review telling us that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has rejected Hamas's ceasefire demands on Wednesday, vowing to fight on until absolute victory. He made the comment shortly after meeting with Secretary of State Blinken, who arrived in the region Tuesday night after he met with leaders of Qatar and and Egypt in the most serious diplomatic push of the war to secure a ceasefire agreement. Uh, uh, Through these diplomatic channels, Hamas presented Israel with a proposal for a three-stage ceasefire that would last for 135 days and culminate in the end of the war. Uh, Surrendering to Hamas's delusional demands that we heard not uh, only won't lead to uh, to freeing the captives, Netanyahu said, it will just invite another massacre. We are on the way to an absolute victory, Netanyahu said, adding that the war would last months, not years. There is no other solution. The Israeli prime minister ruled out any arrangement that leaves Hamas in full or partial control of Gaza, also said that Israel is the only power capable of guaranteeing Gazan security in the long term. We'll be back in just one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, how many stars are there? Chris, this is the question for which there is no answer. We go out on a clear night and look up, and we only see about 3,000 or so stars with the naked eye, but with telescopes or binoculars, we can see many more. Scientists estimate that our Milky Way galaxy contains over 200 billion stars, and now we can see billions and billions of galaxies, and we haven't even seen the edge of the universe. With every new telescope, we're seeing whole new regions of space full of galaxies. Chris, God told Abraham that the stars in the sky were, in essence, innumerable, and how right he was. As always, the scientific information that we gather supports the clear teaching of the Word of God. 
even those truths that are found when we go back to Genesis. To find out more about creation science, visit us on the web at www.icr.org. That's www.icr.org. This is Crosstalk on VCY America with the News Roundup Day here on the program. And uh, friends, as we come to these News Roundups week by week, um, some of you may think, well, boy, that's not very comprehensive at all. And I'll, say, I'll agree with you. But do you know that the number of stories I don't get to exceed the number of stories we do get to? So there is much that's taking place, but certainly giving you a sampling of some of the matters that are going on and really should encourage us to uh, be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Friends, the, the world is, the, the entire world, just really sitting on a powder keg. And uh, we know that the only thing that will truly change man's heart is a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we pray to that end, and we continue to occupy as, uh, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ until he does return. And uh, so let's be faithful as salt and light in this world. Coming to us from Just the News, we were just talking about Israel a moment ago, and uh, according to uh, this report, Israel has destroyed, and I should say this is uh, the, the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, is saying that Israel has destroyed 70% of Hamas's battalions, with most of those remaining being in the southern Gazan Strip. The Prime Minister also said the second goal is to demilitarize Gaza, where terrorist groups like the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine operate in addition to Hamas. The third goal is to destroy the tunnels in the Gaza Strip that are used to launch military attacks. You know, it's been amazing. I saw just this past week, uh, the reporters were taken into the tunnel system and the extensive nature of these. And and it was no doubt when you went into some commander's uh, quarters and seeing the uh, the much nicer facilities there, but also uh, bars putting up, like, like prison bars, uh, holding hostages at one point or another. And uh, it is uh, quite a massive underground system, and that is part of the objective is to get rid of this tunnel system as well that is uh, underground. Um, coming to us from CBN News, the Israeli Defense Force spokesman David, or rather Daniel Hagari, said that the military has notified 31 hostage families that their loved ones are no longer alive. The New York Times also reported that Israeli intelligence is assessing unconfirmed information that at least another 20 hostages may also have been killed. The report said some of the dead were killed on October 7th. Some died of injuries while in captivity. Others killed by Hamas inside of Gaza. From FoxNews.com, an Iran watchdog group says the country has enough weapons-grade uranium to build a nuclear weapon in just one week. Institute for Science and International Security published the findings in a report on Monday saying Tehran could produce a total of six bombs a month. From Just the News, uh, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer, his panel, and Ohio GOP Senator J.D. Vance on Wednesday announced a probe into taxpayer-funded military aid to Ukraine following the Inspector General report indicating that large portions of war material were unaccounted for. Writing to the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in a Tuesday letter, the Republicans demanded that he account for the department efforts to track and monitor equipment provided to Ukraine. The U.S. has allocated more than $47 billion in military aid to Ukraine since 2014, most of that coming uh, with the Russian invasion. The committee maintains uh, remains concerned about the Department of Defense's ability to conduct end-use monitoring of weapons, equipment, and other defense articles going to Ukraine. It is vital that the DOD works to ensure weapons and other forms of security assistance are used for their intended purpose. They do not fall into the hands of our enemies and that the risk of waste, fraud, and abuse is mitigated. Well, this has been part of the holdup that's going on for funding in the Congress as well. Uh, Daily Wire is reporting on Tuesday, House Republicans failed to muster enough support to impeach Homeland Secretary. Uh, this would be uh, Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of a border crisis fraught with sur- surging illegal crossings and fentanyl poisonings fueled by drug trafficking. Three GOP lawmakers broke ranks and joined all voting Democrats to defeat a resolution that could have made Mayorkas the first cabinet secretary to be impeached since 1876. The defectors were Representative Ken Buck, 
Tom McClintock of California, uh, Tom uh, Ken Buck is of Colorado, and Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. The final tally ended up being 214 to 216, just short of the simple majority needed for success, as House GOP Vice Chair uh, Blake Moore of Utah flipped to a no vote at the last moment. Members said Moore changed his vote to break a tie and give Republicans another chance to bring up the impeachment resolution in the future. Majority Leader Steve Scalise was a sole missing vote. He had been out of Washington for several weeks to undergo a stem cell transplant as he battles blood cancer. Representative Al Green of Texas, who had missed earlier votes in the day, showed up just in time to cast a no vote against impeachment. There are also four vacancies in the House at this time. Washington Stand reporting, despite this failed vote to impeach Mayorkas, um, the House Republicans have indicated that the impeachment effort will be brought back to the House floor as early as next week. Speaking about border issues, the crisis at the border here, I'm looking at the story now from PJ Media, turned into a showdown between the Biden administration and Governor Greg Abbott uh, because the federal government refuses to uh, do anything to secure the border. Abbott is stepping in and getting the state involved. Last weekend, a group of Republican governors from across the country traveled to Texas to show their solidarity with Abbott. Just let you hear brief clips from a couple of them. Uh, This is... uh, Uh, Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Put very simply, Joe Biden has completely failed at one of his most basic and important duties as the president. He has failed to protect our borders and protect our people. Not only has he failed at his job, but he's been dishonest about it. He's trying to pass off the idea that somehow he has no ability to do anything to fix it. And Congress has to step up when every single person knows He could make changes and steps right now today to help secure our border and protect our country. Yet he simply refuses to do so. And because of his failures, Governor Abbott is having to step up. Governors from across the country are having to step up and do the job of the federal government because they simply won't. That was Arkansas Governor Sanders. And uh, also, here's Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia. All right, latest update, everybody. We just finished our press conference here in Eagle Pass, Texas, uh, right on the border, as you can see, uh, letting people know that Joe Biden has failed to secure the border. It's made the country less secure. It's made states and governors like me have to deal with fentanyl, human trafficking. Just the stories we heard in our briefing today were incredible. Uh, It's time for President Biden to act, and if he doesn't, I know that Governor Abbott and a lot of other governors will. So have a good afternoon. Uh, Governor Kemp. Um, Coming to us from WesternJournal.com, a pre-dawn raid has disrupted a New York City gang made up of illegal immigrants who carried out robberies across the city, according to police. Police believe the seven people arrested are linked to more than 60 crimes, according to WPIX. The group would allegedly steal cell phones by grabbing phones or purses from people walking the streets using thieves on scooters to grab the phones. The gang's own IT technician would then crack the phones, use the information to steal, police alleged. Then through raiding bank accounts, making fraudulent purchases, hundreds of thousands of dollars stolen from victims. Scooter operators made $100 a day. Phone snatchers got $300 to $600 per phone, NYPD Chief of Detectives Joseph Kenney said. Perpetrators are part of a sophisticated criminal enterprise made up of immigrants who have recently arrived in the United States. And I add the words illegally. American Military News telling us that a new report claims the fastest growing group of illegal immigrants entering the United States along the southern border is from, yeah, you guessed it, China. Roughly 37,000 Chinese nationals reportedly apprehended at the border late last year alone. According to the data provided by the Department of Justice, 55 percent of Chinese immigrants were granted asylum in 2023. That's compared to 14 percent for immigrants of other nationalities. Why would that be, friends? Why would that be? The Washington Examiner reporting that illegal immigrants uh, hoping to cross the U.S.-Mexico border are receiving over $1 billion in money cards, envelopes of cash, and other benefits paid for by the U.S. taxpayer. Well, that's you and me, ladies and gentlemen. Part of President Biden's pro-immigration programs, according to a watchdog investigation, in funds provided by the State Department and U.S.-backed United Nations outlets, 
Religious-based and other humanitarian groups are paving migration trails with cold cash and free loans to help ease the hardship immigrants face as they head to the border, like over 300,000 did in December. Just the News tells us that New York City has witnessed the arrival of more than 110,000 illegals over the past year in part due to Texas, uh, their policy of busing new arrivals to sanctuary cities. Well, after warning that a surge in illegal arrivals to the Big Apple would destroy New York City and blaming the influx for prompting budget cuts, well, the New York City Democratic Mayor Eric Adams reportedly plans to provide illegal aliens with prepaid credit cards. The plan will begin with a $53 million pilot program targeting the migrant residents of the Roosevelt Hotel. Run through Mobility Capital Finance, the pilot plan will provide 500 families with an immediate response card for use on food and infant care supplies. Tragic news here at foxnews.com. The five U.S. Marines who died when their helicopter crashed during a storm in the mountains outside of San Diego on Tuesday have been named... The Marine Corps Air Station in Miramar announced Friday victims had been uh, uh, identified as Lance Corporal Donovan Davis of Kansas, Sergeant Alec Langan of of, uh, Arizona, both of whom were crew chiefs, helicopter pilots Captain Benjamin Moulton of Idaho, Captain Jack Casey of New Hampshire, Captain Miguel Neva of Michigan. From the Geller Report, uh, federal prosecutors have charged a New Jersey political operative with a mail-in voter fraud scheme that involved paying messengers to cash ba- cast the ballots in the names of people whom they never met. But friends, I thought we were told there was no fraud, no meaningful fraud that took place. Well, former Atlantic City Council President Craig Galloway has been arrested, charged with procuring, casting and tabulating fraudulent mail-in ballots in the November 2022 general election, according to the U.S. Attorney for New York, uh, Jersey, Philip Selinger's office. Uh, then we have from Just the News, Pennsylvania's Democratic governor signed a Zuckerbucks ban into law, said House Administrative Committee uh, Chair Brian Stile. Stile made the comments or the statement after noting that Zuckerbucks, that's a term for the injection of private money into public election administration, are going to states like California, Connecticut, Illinois, Michigan, Nevada, and Wisconsin, where the private funding has not been banned. The Center for Tech and Civic Life poured about $350 million into local election offices managing, get that word, managing the 2020 election, with most of the funds donated to the nonprofit by Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> That's the term, but Zuckerberg, of course. Washington GOP Representative Kathy McMorris Rogers on Thursday announced she will not be seeking re-election in 2024. Reports Just the News, McMorris Rogers currently chairs the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, this follows many other lawmakers to announce uh, their planned departure as of December. At least 40 members of Congress, including seven, seven senators and 33 members of the House, had made similar declarations. So right now we're close to a, a 10% turnover that will be occurring in the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. We're going to take a quick break here and come back to some more stories. I wanted to just comment on some of the matters happening on this abortion front. Uh, another woman just died tragically uh, having a surgical abortion. And, uh, you know, we're told that these are safe. We're told that they are routine. Well, friends, uh, uh, in such abortions, there is always the fatality of the baby and sometimes the mom as well. Back in one minute, you're listening to Crosstalk. There is no heartache equal to that of losing a loved one to suicide. Unanswered questions, despair, and perhaps self-blame can leave those behind with feelings of hopelessness. But true hope and help can be found in Christ alone. In the booklet Hope Beyond Despair, author Julie Gossick shares from personal experience how the truth of Scripture and the hope of the gospel can bring comfort to those who are living in the aftermath of suicide. She addresses what the Bible has to say on this issue and provides a lasting hope based on biblical principles. 
The book Hope Beyond Despair is available from VCY for a donation of $6 or three copies for a donation of $15. Just ask for Hope Beyond Despair when you call with your gift at 1-800-729-9829. You may also write VCY America, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. And uh, friends, many, many issues that are going on. I'm hoping that your heart is burdened to be praying more for this nation, that it's burdened more to be an ambassador, to to, uh, be light, to be salt, sharing the good news of the gospel, certainly speaking up and and, uh, being in opposition to those things that we know are contrary to the teachings of Scripture. And uh, friends, it's happening all too often. And here again, another tragic story from LifeNews.com. A woman has died after a supposedly, quote, routine surgical abortion at an abortion business, this time in Australia. According to a report in the Daily Mail, a 30-year-old mom of two children decided to have an abortion when she found out she was pregnant with her third child, had a surgical abortion at the Hampton Park Women's Health Clinic Abortion Center in Melbourne, but after... The abortion, the clinic called her husband and informed him that the abortion had taken his wife's life. He said this, He told me the procedure was successful, but when they were moving her into the general ward, her heartbeat stopped, and there was an ambulance there giving her CPR. Ironically, ladies and gentlemen, the abortion business tells us that abortion is safe and told them that the abortion would be safe. She could go home in a couple of hours. Instead of going home, friends, she went to her grave. From Just the News and uh, the Center Square reporting, lawyers representing organizations delivering abortion pill reversal treatments requested that the courts throw out a lawsuit by California Attorney General Rob Bonta that alleges that the treatment's advertising is misleading and science does not prove the treatment is safe and effective. California suing nonprofits offering the abortion pill reversal. There have been many, many, many babies saved as a result of this. And friends, tragically what's taking place is that the present administration is on a nationwide push for what they're calling reproductive freedoms. Matter of fact, Vice President Kamala Harris visited Savannah, Georgia, as part of her official Fight for Reproductive Freedoms tour. Now think about this, friends. You're fighting for the ability to kill a preborn baby in the womb. Vice President Harris underscored that reproductive freedom for women across the country is at stake this November, laying blame squarely at the feet of Donald Trump for the overturn of Roe v. Wade, also blaming mega-Republicans for proposing extremist laws that punish women and criminalize doctors. Looking at the press release that came out from Joe Biden, the bottom line, another Trump presidency would mean less freedom and worse health care for women across the nation. When you're killing your patients, how is that health care? LifeNews.com is reporting the Supreme Court has set March 26. Circle on your calendar. March 26 is a date that will hear oral arguments in a highly anticipated case regarding the legality of the abortion-inducing drug mifepristone. Mifeprestone, that is. The court announced it would uh, hear this uh, case. It's... Uh, the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, versus Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine mid-last month. The FDA's own label for these drugs. This is according to the Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel, Aaron Hawley. The FDA's own label for these drugs says roughly 1 in 25 women who take them will end up in the emergency room. LifeNews.com, two years ago, pro-life advocates made a horrific discovery when they opened boxes of medical waste from a late-term abortion facility in Washington, D.C., and inside were the bodies of 115 aborted babies, including five who appeared to be nearly full-term and possibly victims of illegal partial birth abortions or, yeah, infanticide. 
However, D.C. officials seemingly have done nothing to investigate the horrific discovery, despite repeated calls from U.S. congressional leaders and pro-life advocates. But now the lack of justice for these five babies potentially killed in illegal abortions is getting worse because the Biden administration has ordered the destruction of the babies' bodies that would permanently destroy the criminal evidence. The Washington, D.C. medical examiner informed attorneys with the Thomas Morris Society that the U.S. Department of Justice has ordered the destruction of the remains of the babies. Let me give you some good news, those of you listening in Des Moines, Iowa, right now. This coming to us from LifeNews.com, the Planned Parenthood abortion business has closed its largest center in the largest city in Iowa. The abortion giant has permanently closed its border center in the state capitol. A quote here from the Iowa pro-life group Pulse Life Advocates said, We are overjoyed to announce the closing of Planned Parenthood's largest abortion clinic on Army Post Road in Des Moines. Another pro-life prayer has been answered. Planned Parenthood just closed their largest clinic on Army Post Road here in Des Moines. The closing represents a culmination of years of prayers by faithful pro-lifers at this very location. Let's quickly get to another topic here, friends, and this one is a warning. A warning, this from WorldNet Daily. YMCA, a YMCA camp's full-throttle acceleration into wokeness, the story says has prompted a warning from a local publication to parents. Heads up, parents, suggest the Connecticut Sentinel regarding the Camp Hazen facility in Chester. After its announcement, it's adding all-gender cabins. The report explained the all-gender rooms are for those whose identity may or may not fall into the male-female definition, or for those who simply decide they don't want to be in a traditional gendered cabin for any reason. But the warning continues, there is more. That's that all the traditional boys and girls cabins are now not just boys or girls, but boys plus and girls plus to make sure that all campers are included and feel a sense of belonging. The report said those who will be allowed in the boys plus facilities include boys, transgender and non-binary campers who want to be there and more. Same for the girls plus cabins, the report said. The publication warned parents there are literally Zero cabins available for children who identify as the sex that they were born. That's a YMCA camp, uh, and uh, it's being warned here uh, by the Connecticut Sentinel Camp Hazen facility in Chester. Well, friends, uh, Oreos at it again. The Daily Signal reporting the National League and Policy Center is taking aim at Oreo for partnering with an organization promoting a militant LGBTQ agenda. The National Legal Policy Center will release a video that uh, begins by citing the names of infamous books on gender and sexuality that have been marketed to young people in public schools and libraries. And uh, the video asks, is your favorite sandwich cookie company grooming children? What happened to the kid-friendly cookie we all used to know and love? Because Oreo's partnering with a militant LGBTQ group. From American Greatness, a bill recently introduced in the Colorado General Assembly would allow students to change their names at school without parental knowledge or consent and punish school officials who refuse to play along. The bill requires public schools and charter schools to use a student's preferred name and deems a school's refusal to use a student's preferred name a form of discrimination. It's coming, folks. Todd Starnes reporting that there's a very good chance that men who think they are women could be selected for the U.S. Women's Olympic team. And Congressman Greg Stubbe wants to prevent that from happening. The Florida Republican has introduced legislation that would ban biological men from competing on teams with women, especially in sports like boxing and swimming. Friends, it's happening. The congressman's bill would protect women and prevent organizations that embrace transgenderism from being recognized by the U.S. Olympic Committee. Friends, we'd like to open our phone lines here today on Crosstalk. If you'd like to comment on these or other current event stories, our number 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Coming from newsbusters.org, House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan unleashed a trove of subpoenaed documents on X, that's former Twitter, exposing the Biden administration pressuring leftist tech giant Amazon to censor books that went against government narratives. 
Amazon seemed disturbed by the White House pressure. Is the Biden administration asking us to remove books? Asked one chilling email from an Amazon official. The documents actually showed Amazon capitulating to Biden's pressures. The Epic Times reporting a bipartisan group of 50 senators and House members is requesting that Attorney General Merrick Garland provide information on illegal marijuana cultivation operations in the United States that are tied to the Chinese Communist Party. Lawmakers, being led by uh, Pete Sessions and Jared Golden and others, uh, sent a letter to Garland on February 2nd expressing concern, saying Chinese nationals, including those with potential ties to the Chinese Communist Party, are reportedly operating thousands of illicit marijuana farms across the country, they wrote. The thousands of illicit Chinese marijuana growing operations pose a direct threat to public safety, human rights, national security, and the addiction crisis that is gripping our nation. How is this happening, friends? How do we let communist China come in and and, uh, be engaged in, in marijuana farms? While they are also cracking down on Christianity, as the King is Coming.com is reporting, the level of control imposed on Christians by the Chinese government continues to increase, particularly on children. Since 2015, Chinese President Xi Jinping has implemented a campaign framework called Sinicization to govern religious affairs in China. Under this movement, religions in the country must have Chinese characteristics and adopt to socialist Chinese society. Beijing is being heavily reinforcing its religious restrictions on minors with the goal of ensuring that future generations are ideologically indoctrinated to listen to and follow the Chinese Communist Party. A pastor who founded a house church in the coastal area of Southeast China recently shared with Global Christian Relief the strategy the Chinese government employs to strictly control minors. Before children are able to attend Sunday school, now many parents of kindergartners and middle schoolers must sign and submit a pledge to not believe in religion to their children's school teachers, government staff monitors to make sure that no child enters places of worship to bypass the restrictions. Many churches secretly host Sunday school in members' homes. Yeah, that's part of communist China. Our number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. We've got Carl calling from Polka, West Virginia. Carl, you're on the air. Hello. I'm a retired teacher, and uh, I listen to programs like yours, which is great, by the way, about all the problems in America and I, I feel like there's no hope for America unless Christians rescue their children from public schools. I can say more if you want, but that's the point I wanted to express. You know, next week, Thursday, uh, Alex Newman, who's been a regular guest on the program, has just written a book uh, really pointing out many concerns of what's happening within the uh, public education arena, and uh, we'll be expounding on that further. But we're, we have a half minute before the break, so share, share your top issue, why you, why, what, you know, would back up your statement there. I really recommend uh, Alex Newman. Uh, atheists don't send their children to an evangelical Christian Sunday school for one hour, but Christians are sending their children to atheist public schools for 30 hours a week. Hmm. Thank you so much for your call here today. Thank you for calling from West Virginia, Carl. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, uh, have some open lines here today on Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Our News Roundup Friday on Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. In my second book that came out in 1995, I had an entire chapter on something known as the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. By UN, obviously, that's the United Nations. 
In that book, I was warning about a global treaty that many nations were signing on to that would destroy the God-given parental authority we have so enjoyed here in America. Many nations have signed on to it. America is one of the last nations not to do so. Well, over the years, I've been warning that it looks like the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child is being implemented piecemeal by many state legislatures as they undermine parental authority. The latest, Montana CPS takes 14-year-old girl to Wyoming for gender transition, so-called, against her parents' wishes. Sadly, we are seeing the globalists accomplish their goal of attacking God-given parental authority. It's the News Roundup and Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. And let's get right back to the phone lines to hear from you today. We've got Mark in Monroe, Wisconsin. Mark, you're on the air. Yeah, um, I think it's ironic that uh, Biden won't build uh, the wall at the southern border, but uh, the DNC, figuratively speaking, wants to build a wall from outsiders entering uh, Biden's memory lane or lack thereof. That's their uh, biggest concern as of right now. Okay. Thanks for your comment, Mark. we got John in Lance, Michigan. You're on the air. Yes, hello. I just wanted to remind everybody that uh, Joel Biden is a good Catholic, and my sister, God rest her soul, uh, was a school teacher in Milwaukee, and it's not a teacher. It is um, – <laughs> I forgot my point. Uh, just uh, – um, um, I, I forgot my point. They don't teach. They drill different things or different meanings, twist words, whatever the word is that I can't even read, read you, my you, own read, writing. Like indoctrinate? So indoctrinate? I, I'm or, sorry. And I, the, oh, very good. Thank you. Thank you, John, for the call. Uh, Mary in Lexington, Kentucky, you're on the air. Mary, you're on the air, please. Um, my name is Mary Page, and I am in Lex, live in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm listening to the radio uh, right now about all the changes that have taken place in this country. Mm. And I li- I've lived through a lot of that. I'm 79 years old, and I've been a nurse for four years of my life. And the, the main thing that hit me is um, the abortion and the liberalization this country is going through right now. It's almost a lawless community. Uh, the... Um, I read a book recently. It's written by Jonathan Kahn, and it's The Return of the Gods. And in that book, he speaks back in the 60s when they had the love movement. Um, That was when all of this that we're going through today began, because those people are the ones that are actually leading our country today. Um, I don't know. um, I just feel like a lot of these people that are in power, controlling everyone right now, are godless people. They're soulless people. Mm. And that's what we're facing today. Every generation changes, but the generation today has no knowledge of the generation that I grew up in. So they are, they're wiping history completely away so that each generation is becoming weaker and dumber. Yeah. Thank you. Because they won't, they don't even realize What's taken place? The Holocaust, everything that's taken place in history. It's all led up to what we're going through today. Mary, thank you for your comments today. Appreciate it. Uh, Randall in Liberty, Kentucky, you're on the air. Yes, sir. Um, I'll tell you what, there's only one way that we are going to be able as Christians to take our country back, and that's we are going to have to start taking a stand for Jesus. Because, you know, right now we're wanting to follow Donald Trump or we're wanting to follow um, Joe Biden or Barack Obama. And that's not what it is. As Christians, we follow Jesus and we're to take a stand for Jesus. Too many of us want to do the middle of the road, the whole wishy-washy thing. What the middle of the road is, is exactly what... um, the Apostle John wrote about in the book of Revelation at the church of Laodicea, as was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. You're neither hot nor cold, so he's going to spew you out of his mouth. So get hot, get cold, 
and don't be afraid to take a stand. It's true that as a Christian, we are to be Christ-like. And yes, Jesus was the Lamb of God, but we forget he also was the Lion of Judea. Amen. He Amen. cast the Thank money you, changers out of the temple. Randall, thank you so much. I've got to move on to other callers on hold right now, but thank you for your points here today. So much appreciate it. Uh, Diana in uh, Peoria, Arizona, you're on the air. Oh, hello, Jim. Hi. I just wanted to share a Bible verse, but before I do, I was in uh, my McDonald's that I go to all the time to sit in there and read and have a drink of Pepsi, and um, I went into the bathroom, and this person was in there, and I said, are you a woman or a man? And she said, I'm a woman. And then I said, oh, okay, because I don't agree with a lot of the things that are going on. And, and for doing that, they banned me from the McDonald's. She worked there, hmm. and they banned me. They said, I can't come in anymore. But here's the verse. Oh, Lord, repay them well for all the evil they have done. Harden their hearts and curse them, Lord. Go after them in fierce pursuit and wipe them off the earth beneath the heavens of the Lord. Lamentations 3, 64 to 66. Hmm. Keep up the good work, Jim. Thank you for your call. We've got Josh in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Josh, you're on the year. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. All this uh, tragic stuff going on in the news and these this this wave of evil that seems to be coming over the country just reminds me of the verse that says, hey, don't uh, follow a crowd after doing evil. I, I'm misquoting it, but it's like these experiments we see where there's eight people in a room and all of them, seven are actors lying about the length of a stick or something. And the last person like questions themselves, don't question what you know to be right. Be willing to be that one person in the room that, that says, Hey, you know, the emperor's not wearing any clothing here. And, uh, and that, when that one person stands up and makes it easier for the next person to say, yeah, you know what? I thought that too. I just, you know, I didn't want to speak up and, so be that one that's willing to keep your bushel or your light not under a basket and not and show that to people so that others can see it and 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 grab onto it. Thank you, Josh and Greg in Bloomington, Illinois. Our final caller today. Oh, thank you, Jim. Uh, well, a lot of times we talk about rough things that are in the news. Um, I just want to offer a perspective. I think it's kind of been a good last few days. Uh, the uh, left is getting slammed by the Supreme Court for the insurrection hoax. Mm-hmm. Biden is showing he's grossly out of touch. Um, we saw Tucker interview Putin and maybe getting some truth there. Um, and then uh, Matt Gates and some of the conservatives are slamming uh, the media with these uh, proclamations supporting that uh, the fact that Trump never committed an insurrection. And then ultimately, you know, hopefully some tides are turning here, but ultimately, of course, we have to be in prayer for our leaders. We have to be in prayer for President Trump and just continue to be strong and prayer and fast. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. And we are out of time with that. But uh, good fitting close for the program today as we talk about uh, the dire condition that our nation is in and uh, the, the need for us to step up to be watchmen on the wall and uh, to be salt and light. Friends, we thank you for joining us today on Crosstalk. Don't forget the Lord's Day is coming. May you be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching local church. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk.